This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 851, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 10th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 851. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is our Comic Reviews episode for uh, releases that came out on the week of Wednesday, February the 10th, uh, which is now 10 days away. So uh, that's a long time ago already. So I'll just quickly run down some of the books I will not be talking about and then talk about three books that I did get a chance to read. Um, so some of the books that did come out in the interim on the 10th include Eternals number two, uh, Excalibur number 18, uh, Fantastic Four 29, Future State Dark Detective. I haven't really enjoyed many of them, so I'm kind of taking a pass on a lot of these Future State books. Uh, Future State Green Lantern, number two, Future State Justice League, uh, Future State Kara Zor-El Superwoman, Future State Robin Eternal, uh, Future State Superman Wonder Woman, uh, Future State Teen Titans, Future State... Sorry, I'm actually done with Future State. I was just ready for the next one on the list. Uh, King and Black, Black Panther, uh, King and Black Thunderbolts. I did enjoy the first issue. Uh, Let Them Live, Unpublished Tales from the DC Vault, uh, which includes a Jim Zub story. Uh, Morbius, Bond of Blood, uh, Power Pack number three, uh, Rorschach, Sword, and I think Star Wars Darth Vader, Taskmaster, really been enjoying that book actually, The Green Lantern season two, number 11 of 12, Wolverine Black, White, and Blood, and uh, I think that is it uh, that came out, yeah. Uh, so the three books that I did have a chance to read that I'll be talking about here, uh, we start off with The Amazing Spider-Man 59, or Legacy Numbering 860, by Nick Spencer and Marcello Ferreira, with a Rain Foucher on inks, with Maury Halliwell sorry, Hollowell, and uh, Andrew Crossley on colors with the virtual calligraphist Joe Caramagna on letters. Uh, the covers by Mark Bailey, John Dell, a friend of the show, and Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, this is Negative Space Part 2. Um, I found that this issue, it felt a little bit more protracted than it could. I did appreciate that we at least had multiple different storylines going on. Um, that being said, I did feel like, I don't know, that we... I wanted a bit more progression. I don't know. Uh, I'm really torn about it. The whole kind of Mr. Negative and uh, Kingpin aspect of the story, I found less interesting. I did like the idea that, you know, Martin Lee having to become Mr. Negative again, what that kind of meant to him was an interesting idea, but I felt like it was, you know, it was just kind of lip service, and now we're right back to where we were with Mr. Negative before. Uh, him and I, I just don't know what the end game is with, with Wilson Fisk, and I'm curious, too, like, when people use him, like, Who's the main office that, at this point that kind of decides what happens to Kingpin and when he eventually comes out of power? I'm just curious, you know, how that operates. And, you know, because you have him being a bigger part of the story, both in Amazing Spider-Man and Daredevil. And at some point, something's got to give. Um, I, having more of the idea of, you know, the 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 legacy, the Lifeline tablet, and now there's another tablet and all that kind of stuff. I'm just not as interested in when um, the Spider-Man era, sorry, Spider-Man's world kind of goes a little bit more magic-y. Um, I think he works best as kind of, a, you know, street-level fun, and this feels a little bit more than that, but I do like the idea of maybe leading to more of a gang war. Uh, that part it does feel more Spider-Man, so it's like kind of mixing together gang wars that make sense for Spider-Man with you know, something a little bit more magic-y, which doesn't always feel like it is as comfortable uh, in Spider-Man books. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of the kind of whole, everything they're doing with Norman right now. I think part of it is artistically. I just don't buy... I don't know. It's just something about how they both draw him and have been writing him that I understand that's supposed to be kind of a different version of Norman than we're used to seeing, but it's just something visually hasn't worked for me uh, in terms of how he's been drawn. Um, I think at times he almost just, he looks more like Harry than Norman, and that's kind of weird, and I want him to look older, like, 
you know, Harry is a middle-aged man. Well, not middle-aged, I guess, because he's really supposed to be like late 20s, early 30s, I guess, just like Peter. But he always feels older than that. And then his dad should be at least 20 years older than that. And again, he just feels a little too young. And that is, you know, a little irksome. Um, but for the most part, I liked it, I guess. I, again, I like that there's multiple plot threads, I, even though I don't really care I don't really like the whole kind of Mr. Negative. I don't really care for Mr. Negative at all. Uh, I'm not like a, he's not a character I was clamoring to have back in the book on a regular basis. And him working with Kingpin is again nothing. Nothing I'm really that excited about either. But I at least appreciated that there was kind of multiple threads. Even though again it felt like the the Aunt May and uh, Barn Lee stuff was kind of truncated. But I did like having a little bit more of Aunt May with Peter and her kind of feeling about you know does she attract kind of these bad things happening in her life? So I, I did kind of like that. I, I guess I'm a little split and I'm not really sure where I fully uh, come down on it. Uh, Daredevil number 27. This is by Chip Zdarsky with Marco Cicchetto and Mike Hawthorne on art. Um, Chichetto is doing his own inks, and Adriana de Bendetto is doing inks, I guess, on Mike Hawthorne. And then you got Marcho Menez on color art. I apologize for butchering all those names. This is The Black Kitchen Part 2. Um, and it's kind of crazy. I, I really like how Electra's being written here and having to her, you know, trying to be a different person because it's what Matt would want uh, and kind of honoring his wishes and his name, I thought it was really interesting and uh, is a different and intriguing spin on Electra because we're not used to seeing Electra like this, you know, noticeably pulling her punches in a certain way. Uh, I loved kind of Typhoid Mary was an interesting um, character. I don't like the whole King of Black stuff in general with all the symbiotes and everything, but I thought they did a good job at, 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 at utilizing that. Um, at and I also kind of liked how we had uh, Matt Murdock trying to kind of fend off the symbiote as well. Um, so it was an interesting kind of um, dual storytelling, uh, you know, two characters not close to each other by proximity, but dealing with similar ideas um, and trying to, you know, come out the other side. I actually really enjoyed it. And I thought it was an interesting way of having two artists to handle it, one to handle more on the mat and one to handle more on Electra. So I thought it was really interesting. Um, so I'm digging it. And then last but not least, we have X-Force 17. This is by Benjamin Percy. Uh, it is written, sorry, it is written by Benjamin Percy. It's artwork by Joshua Cassara. Um, it's issues like this that remind me that I love X-Force. I just love this version of the, of the, of the book. Um, I love the artwork. I think it's just gorgeous. Um, I, I think the writing is really smart. I like the uh, interpretation of Kid Omega or Quinn Choir. Um, I like the use of Jumbo Carnation here as well. Um, I really dug this. I thought it was a really strong issue. Uh, I really like the new outfit that they give uh, Quinn Choir, and I, I hope we continue to see this. I did like to see kind of his variation on the cable outfit and other outfits, and so I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, this was this was great all the way through. It was. Uh, it was exciting. It was, you know, you wondered about the mystery. Uh, I thought this was really cool. And again, I love the examination of what the protocols are really doing to people. Uh, you know, these resurrection protocols that, you know, he, he goes to investigate something and then he dies and he comes back and he's kind of wondering why, how he made certain decisions and how, you know, everything kind of came about from it. So I, I just think it's fantastic. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of X-Force. And on an upcoming episode, I'll be talking with uh, my brother-in-law and best friend so i've got paul scores and nathan struck respectively um talking about um 
you know, we're eventually going to talk about X-Force Volume 1 uh, in the Dawn of X era. We're going to slowly move through it. We have an upcoming episode that's uh, look at, actually, I think, episode the next episode, 852, um, is going to be all about X-Men Volume 1 by Jonathan Hickman. And then the one after that, which I think will be episode 856, will be uh, examining Marauders Volume 1. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Uh, anyways, this is the end of this episode, except for I can quickly tell you that on our next episode, we're going to be talking about some of the books that came out on the uh, 17th of February. Um, which include Batman, Catwoman, Black Widow, Cable, Captain America, Champions, uh, a bunch of Future State books. I'm not going to go through all their titles here. Guardians of the Galaxy, Hulk Flatline, Immortal Hulk Flatline, I should say. Uh, there's an Iron Fist book, Iron Man, uh, Planet of the Symbiotes. Uh, we've got uh, King and Black, MODOK, Marauders, Marvel. Uh, I think uh, there's uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Savage Avengers, Spider-Woman, Thor, and X-Men Legends. So a lot of stuff that will be, uh, oh, well, a lot of stuff came out. Not sure how much I'll actually get a chance to read and talk about, but we'll see. Probably three to four of those books, but something to look forward to. You can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>